Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm Coach Andrew Poretz from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people to discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission, to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams, and with my coaching, help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at www.myfuturecoach.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach Andrew. If you're listening live and you have a question, the phone number here is 646-929-2893. You'll be able to listen to the show on the phone, and if you press the number one, I'll know you have a question. We also have a live chat room right on the show page where you can feel free to join in. Tonight, it's about music. Musician Kama Linden is a fireball of energy, passion, and versatility. This gutsy lyricist draws you in with her edgy lyrics and voice, lulls you in with smooth vocals, and has you grooving with sultry sounds that are undeniably her own. Live on stage, she's gathered many a crowd at various festivals and other venues, large and small. Her newest album, Southern Comfort, is on iTunes and other digital sites, along with her children's song single, It Takes All Kinds. Unlike her past album, her new releases were recorded in Nashville with all live studio musicians. So I'll be spinning a few of Kama's tunes tonight, and you can learn about her music at www.kamalindenmusic.com. And your music can be found, again, on iTunes, CD Baby, and MySpace. Are you with me? I am with you. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you tonight? I'm doing just great. Okay, so um, so first of all, uh, you know, you you have a new album out. It's a country album. Yes. Um, are you a country gal? I think I am. I. Uh, <laughs> it's very funny to quote a friend of mine. Uh, I, I'm from the country, and I like it that way. I'm actually not from the country. I'm from Brooklyn, and now I live in the Bronx. Um, but, you know, I started going to Nashville back in 2008 for the festivals, and I think it just rubbed off on me, their mm. style of writing, their style of playing. And the best blessing was being able to record this new album with these wonderful, wonderful, amazing musicians down in Nashville. Some of them play for the Opry. Some of them play for Be the Kings. They've toured all over the world, and they played on my album. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so it was so exciting, Yes. You know, a couple. I actually know a couple of New York women. Uh, one from the Bronx. One from I'm not sure where she's from, but maybe Long Island. Who grew up here? Uh, nice Jewish girls, and they are definitely country singers. That's amazing. And Me so, too. <laughs> so I, I. It's really amazing that I out of there's probably not too many in the world, and I probably know most of them. <laughs> so it's really cool, and yes. um, so. First of all, let's start from uh, from today, and we'll tell us about your new album, Southern Comfort. Southern Comfort, speaking of your inspirations, is actually inspired by the road. In fact, every single song on that album was either written about or um, for either Nashville or places where I performed. Um, Make Room for Mama, I was actually traveling to a gig. And I was on this little two-lane road on my way to um, upstate New York through to Connecticut. And the person in front of me just was driving really slow. And in my head, I'm thinking, if you can't keep up, move to the right, move to the right. And then it became the song, Make Room for Mama, where basically the next line is, if you can't keep up, then move to the right. And the whole song became about partying, but it was inspired by the road. Southern Hmm. Comfort 
is basically my take of Nashville and being a New York gal trying to get away from the city and realizing, hey, I can trade in my Manolo Blahniks for cowboy boots. I can trade my Yankee cap for a cowboy hat. I can have people talk to me without their headphones in, and and they even have a Broadway. So every single song on the album was inspired by my travels and all the amazing people I've met. Wow. So um, I'd love to start off uh, with one of your songs. I have available to me tonight as many as seven songs. I don't know if we'll get to all of them. (laughs) But um, uh, I'm going to do... Probably less less chatting than usual because I want I'm definitely loving for people to hear you. That'd be great. Thank you. Okay, so okay, pick one. Oh. Um, start with Southern Comfort. Okay, so uh, let me let me give you my best uh, my best radio guy. Here we are live on All Country All the Time WBTR Blog Talk Radio, and we're going to play for you some Southern Comfort.
Star Radio with Pema Linden. How you doing? <laughs> okay. Excuse me. How you doing, y'all? How you doing, y'all? I'm I'm just fulfilling my little um, uh, radio fine. DJ fantasy here. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know many of us have had growing up. I'm I was always announcing myself. I don't know about That's you. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> so now, before you you were doing now, what other kind of music were you doing? Oh gosh, everything from rock to pop to dance, even some spoken word and mm-hmm. uh remixes. Just mm-hmm. at the time I, I I was writing probably more dance and pop just because that's what I knew. And then as I evolved, every song that I wrote just became whatever genre it was. It wasn't even mm. like, Okay, I'm gonna write a dance song today. Right. In fact if you told me to write a dance song I probably could not. But could you take a song of mine and remix it? Absolutely, because all mm-hmm. good songs can be done in any genre. It doesn't sure. matter. It's all about the hook, the story, and, and finding your own place and making it make sense. Um, I've been told that I, I have the hook. <laughs> no, the hook is a thing in music, isn't it? That is true. So tell me about some of your earliest influences. Hmm. I think at the time, and the reason I was going by Angry Chick was because I was so into like Melissa Etheridge and Alanis Morissette and mm. Avril Lavigne and people who were just like, you know, very angry driving folks. And I actually had a cover band. I was trying to do a cover band of like all Angry Chick music. And, uh, you know, basically people kept telling me, you're not an angry chick. <laughs> and drop Yeah, I was like, chick. you know, because I, I, like, I, yeah. I saw that you were uh, had some uh, connection to the name Angry Chick. And, and I was thinking... She doesn't seem like the angry chip. You know, first of all, if somebody meets you, like I, my first impression was like you were this kind of you're kind of dainty, but yet you have a kind of a tough veneer. <laughs> would you say that's? Would you would you relate to that? That makes sense. That's about yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. You have like you know you're not like you have you petite, you know a little little lady as they would say down south. <laughs> But you got that. I could see, like, I was thinking, oh, maybe, maybe, like, you get her mad. She's really angry. I was like, what is that about? It was just the music I was into at the time. And, oh. and it's, it's very funny. Like, so many things were just, like, very driving female songs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're a female and you're you're strong and you have a strong personality, you know, people are like, that be, you know. So the whole idea is to, I'm like, you know, I'm going to turn that around and make the the name Angry Chick with an eye, with a smiley face over the eye, just to mess with people. Mm. But nobody got it. <laughs> so even my label is like, no more Angry Chick. It's <laughs> only positive from now on. I'm like, okay, okay got it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and I'd also like to, you know what I'd like to ask you about is your, your, your name. Is Was that your given name? Ah, well, my mom should be listening, but she's probably not. She's out in California right now. Um, but actually, my name was given to me by my mom because, like many Jewish people that you might have heard of, you have to name after the dead. And mm-hmm. basically, you're given the initials of people who have passed on before you. Right. And my mother had a K and an L to work with. Mm-hmm. So she decided to name me Kama. She went through the Name Your Baby book, and uh, that's what she came up with. And she came up with Lynn is my middle name. So... Yes, my name's a bit redundant. It's Kama Lynn Linden, but hey, it kind of rolls off the tongue. Kama Lynn Linden. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, um, yeah, because that's a, definitely an unusual uh, name, uh, but it's a very memorable name. I mean, I can't, you know, not remember that name. So that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's wonderful. Now, by the way, uh, I I I was nearly named 
um, Abraham. So I was uh-huh. my my dead relative was Abraham, and uh, thankfully uh, they didn't go in that direction. Gotcha. You know, or I could be president. <laughs> no, never but mind. You'd rather be on the radio. So I'd rather be on the radio and and doing fun fun stuff like this and like, hey, it's Abe. Nah, glad that that didn't happen. So now you grew. You said you grew up in um, in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, to what age were you in New York, or were you uh, when you started traveling for music? Um, well, I've been traveling for a lot of my life, but basically, once I left college, I was basically on the road for a good ten years minimum, mm-hmm. just doing theater. And then um, I decided to stay in New York, start teaching fitness, and sort of a put some roots down and then I just started writing again and I had written when I was about 11 years old I was writing songs but I had a different base because I guess I was writing I was taking piano lessons and I was writing as a as a piano person mm-hmm. but then I just kept writing lyrics and I got to just meet other people who are either in in music placement or in the music business who kind of said all right that works, that doesn't work, try this, no, let's do this. And I at least really, really got some feedback that would help me propel me forward. So that when I started really writing and recording my music, I had a sense of what I wanted to do. The first album took a lot longer. It's sort of like my getting my feet wet, trying to discover what I want to do here. And I actually recorded uninhibited not once, not twice, but three separate times in three separate releases. Really? Whereas Better Late Than Never took about a year and a half. And Southern Comfort, I actually went down to Nashville. We we tracked the whole thing in one day. Hmm. I did vocals in three days, and the whole thing was done in less than a week. It was amazing what they could do for me. And so what what do you uh what would you say is the difference in how that happened? What's the the big thing? I think uh by the time I did Southern Comfort I knew what I wanted. I came mm. in and I had the songs structured very, very well. Before mm-hmm. that I had somebody popcorn going over um the songs with me, sort of, you know, bouncing back and forth. I had fifteen possible songs I could have tracked and I cut it down to twelve and then plus the children's song. So he's like, ah, yeah, do this one, don't do that one. And the funny thing is one of the songs that ended up being, there were two songs that I wrote maybe like a month before I recorded them. Mm-hmm. And one of them is Not Thinking About You, and the other one is um, Lonely With You. Mm. And it's so funny that here I am writing stuff like right before I put it on the album as opposed to some of the songs that I knew for a few years I was going to put on the album, like Go or um, definition of actually, actually definition of I wrote earlier this year, but um, do what you got to do was mm-hmm. actually something that I'd written maybe three four years ago, and I already knew for a long time that I wanted to record that next. So um, it's just so funny how it evolved. But when I came in, I had someone to bounce ideas off of, and even said, you know, lower the key, try doing this. So when we went to the studio, it was ready to go, mm. and I couldn't believe how quick, how professional everybody was. And I owe, owe my life to, like, Billy Anderson and Popcorn. They're just amazing. And Barry was such a great producer. All of the musicians were so professional and amazing. They just made magic out of my music. I, mm. I couldn't ask for better. And uh, Now, you, I know you also do some um, performing uh, just, like, by yourself, right? Yes. Actually, when I'm touring, I'm almost always performing as an acoustic solo. So it's a treat to be in the studio, and especially with all live musicians. But both for ease and convenience and just being able to get the word out a little better, I actually do tend to just pack up my car, and it's just me, my guitar, 
um, a bunch of CDs and a PA system and, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple snacks I bought from, you know, Trader Joe's. (laughs) Okay. And uh, I'm on the road one way or the other. I'll be performing a lot this year in Pennsylvania. A mm-hmm. lot, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Some New Jersey, some Maryland, some Virginia, going up to Massachusetts and Maine later on in, in actually next month. So, got a couple things going on. So you, uh, so you're doing this, uh, uh, the, some of these same songs, correct? Yes. In some cases, um, I'm working venues that want originals only, which mm-hmm. is fine because I have three albums of originals, so I can definitely do three hours by myself. In some cases, it's covers. In some cases, it's a smidgen of both, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, one place I'm playing later in the summer, basically they just want country only. So mm-hmm. between my originals and some of the covers I've chosen, I should be able to cover the ground you know, pretty well. So is there going to be a secret uh, acoustic uh, cut of any of these songs? Um. Well, you know, a lot of times, just for kicks, I will throw my Mac in the corner and mm-hmm. record, and it's almost like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Right. And sometimes here and there, I've actually gotten a few really good uh, recordings just by doing that. I don't have enough, uh, you know, space to, like, put up my condenser mic and my MP Pro that I would usually use at home. But what I'll do is I'll just, like I said, I'll just toss the Mac in the corner and leave it recording and just see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I get lucky. Hard to say. Awesome. Now, so now you, which, well, now you play more than one instrument, correct? I would just say I play guitar right now and sing. Um, my piano playing is a little bit on the poor side. <laughs> okay. It's been too long. Um, I don't know. I guess, you know, for a while, I do type really fast now, but for a while even typing was just a chore for me. I'm like, right. can I just write? It's so much easier, but now mm. I don't mind typing. But I definitely feel a lot more at home on the guitar than I do right. on the piano. And that, now, when, how did you learn uh, music? Hmm. Well, I mean, I had piano lessons as a child and also, mm-hmm. you know, going up into my almost teens. Um, but then after that, I just mostly danced and sang and did some musical theater and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when I was in college, it was sort of mandatory that we take music, you know, even though I was a dance major and, you know, singing. But it was when I left college that I bet, met the best voice teacher of my entire life. And he actually teaches the way I do where instead of just saying, okay, here, do this, he actually gets in your head. Mm. He actually explains it through imagery as opposed to do this or do that because people don't always understand do this and do that. Right. So even when I teach fitness, you know, I'll have, I'll give the same um general idea of what to do, but it will be interpreted by each person differently. So when you see someone who's having trouble, you realize it's kind of like they just didn't understand that particular interpretation. How can I make it so that person understands? So that's kind of what happened in my vocal training. Mm-hmm. That, and I just, well, here's a little story. I broke my nose about 10 years ago, 12 years ago now, actually. Mm. And it gave me a vibrato once they fixed it and made it all nice. It gave me a vibrato that I never had before. So half of wow. my vibrato I got, I think, to the glass wall that I walked into. <laughs> that's crazy. It is, it is. It's kind of funny that way. Um but yeah, and and between that and and writing, it just uh, evolved. But originally, I was more of a lyricist, and I would just write, you know, according to melodies that felt right. Mm-hmm. And I think, without knowing it, or maybe just by having the piano training, I just structured my songs in a way that actually made sense. 
you know, as far as chord structures, as far as melodies, as far as keys, they they actually kind of made sense and without even trying. And then eventually when I would put it on guitar, I could actually write a song in one key, change the key, decide to play it in a capo, um, find different ways of playing things. And I don't necessarily think, oh, I only know how to play these chords, therefore I better write a song in that key. Mm. I write a, I write a song in whatever key I feel like. You know, I actually have a four octave range, and and then I worry about how I'm going to play it later. And every time I write a new song, it's kind of like a guitar lesson because I have to figure out how to play it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool stuff. Now, um, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions around around songs you've written. First, could you do you remember the first song you ever wrote? Okay, I was um, 10 or 11, mm-hmm. and it was a really awfully high song for my voice at the time, and I didn't know how to you know, mix and blend the way I do, so I just kind of like screamed really high, and it was called uh, Beauty, just mm-hmm. you know, about being outside in the trees and what would be, what would be without beauty. That was probably my first song ever. And what's the first song you wrote that you were like, oh my god, this is this is really good? Like you were really happy with it? Uh, I would say Don't Shut Me Out or Waiting. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a toss-up between the two. But um, those were two very strong songs that were on my first album, Uninhibited. Although Another Me is the one that got all the airplay. So, you know, any of those. Nice. And um, what is your most favorite record that you have ever done? Oh, well, each one, you know, had its own evolution. Sure. But I'm really loving the Southern Comfort right now. I mean, it's just where I'm at. It's just where I'm at. But Better Late Than Ever is a very strong album, too. It mm-hmm. really is. So why don't we play another song? Sure. Uh, let's try... Uh, uh, oh, such a tough love. How much time we got? Let's let's do Make Room about, for Mama. Just oh, okay, time. Make Room for Mama. As okay. opposed to make room for daddy. Exactly. The moment I hear that title, that's what I think of. But that just means I'm showing my age. <laughs> We're going to now make room for Mama on yeah. BTR Radio.
Yeah, baby. <laughs> nice. That was such a fun song to record. I was actually just uh, getting a comment from John Heinrich, and he's the one who played the saxophone on mm-hmm. that album, and he also played um, the slide guitar and, and a couple of the other songs. So it was really great. I just mailed off uh, the CD to every musician that played on the album to make mm-hmm. sure that they got one. <laughs> uh, what was the release date on this? Um, well, there's actually two release dates. The iTunes release was back in February, mm-hmm. and the album release was, oh gosh, I guess technically last week of March, but <laughs> I had the CD release party April 6th, the night before my birthday, which was Sunday, April 7th. Happy belated birthday. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I'm sorry I wasn't at your party. I'm sorry you weren't either. We had so much fun. I played the album from front to back in order. Nice. And how was the reaction? Very good. Very good, actually. And I had to do it totally unplugged because they were having trouble with their sound system. So I just uh, asked everyone to come real close, and we just did it acoustic. (laughs) Oh, nice. Oh, that was Yeah, purely acoustic. No mic or anything. Oh, Wow. That's where your vibrato and projection have to come in, and you uh-huh. have to keep it strong. I mean, you don't want to push, so I'm just, like, leaning close. But, yeah, I usually have a mic that I wear. I have a overhead Sennheiser mic that's mm-hmm. really, really beautiful, and it gives me the opportunity not only to turn my head while I'm playing and still sing, but I can go out into the audience. I can move around, whereas if I have just a mic in front of me, it's like, okay, I'm stuck here. Can't go anywhere. <laughs> so. Well, that's, that. you know, that's how they did it back in the day, because they didn't have mm-hmm. mics. Yeah, that's true. But could you imagine right. how it might have been? Like, uh, the grand old uh, Opry House back in, in the in the beginning? I don't know if they had mics back then. Probably not. Um. Well, they did have some kind of microphone since what? Well, when did radio start? Uh, I'm going to say sometime in the 20s, probably, or 30s. Yeah, so they probably had some yeah. kind of miking system. Mm-hmm. And also, the way amphitheaters were made, they were made in sort of a, a circular place with high ceilings so that you use the echo of the building mm. to give you more projection, whereas certain rooms don't bounce. They would often have rooms that would have some bounce to it. So, like when you go to a certain types of concert halls, they're designed that way so that the right. voice can carry. And especially like me in the opera places where you had the guy or the gal with a really big voice, but it, you still needed to be able to be heard way up there. Yes. It's a very different scene, to say the least. Yes, very, very true. Um, so uh, what did music look like for you growing up compared to today? Oh, I don't. It's it's so there was so much evolution. Now you're gonna ask. You're basically gonna make me let the cat out of the bag as to how old I am here. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to. Do, I, I actually am not talking about the music. What it? What was the music? I meant your perspective of the music. Um. Well, definitely, definitely changed. I mean, my parents listened to like Fleetwood Mac and disco, mm-hmm. and then I guess. I grew up with the 80s. I grew up with Madonna. I grew up with Cyndi Lauper. I grew mm-hmm. up with George Michael. I was totally into Menudo. I followed them around the world, pretty much. Uh, I met them a few times. It's wow. Funny. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that was definitely 
a little bit different there. And then um, as I went to school and I went to college, you know, I was influenced by different things that we listened to. Like even just going to Philadelphia, the radio stations were different than they were in New York. So in New York we had Z100 that we listened to all the time. And then down in Philly, um, I guess it was a Q102, which kind of had a little bit more of an urban take, and it was it was really interesting. So I got into things like Black Box and CNC, um stuff like that at the time and mm-hmm. then after that I was on the road doing musical theater so it's just whatever was on the radio and I think my first country experience was when I was down in Crossville Tennessee I was working on Cinderella and I, it was almost like weird to me but people in the car were playing country and like singing mm-hmm. along with it and that's what they listened to and they're like oh yeah we listen to country and like wow so like you don't have, um, I don't know, whatever was on the radio at the time in the 90s, but it was a little bit weird to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, then as I went on various tours, I realized, wow, country's really the thing. So I I began to just learn a little bit more about it. I got into Martina McBride, and you know that was one of my many artists that I would listen to. So it was really awesome. Now we had there was a like this kind of phase, this period of time when country was really big in the urban areas. And in New York, even, um, I think I'm going to say it was like right after Urban Cowboy came out. I think that's kind of what started it. We had a place in New York that was called Denim and Diamonds. I remember, yeah. Great place. I had at least one birthday party there, and people walked around wearing, you know, country clothes and the music. I mean, people were listening. There was a country station, WYNY, for many years, and then it kind of went away. But you know, there's a new country station now. I think it's ninety four three or ninety four seven. Yeah, it's just very recent. Yeah, it's pretty good actually. So it's like a new thing back here now. People who are listening, you know, this this is something that that might be listened to. This uh, particular show that we're doing uh, today can be listened to all over the world. So somebody might be in New York, somebody might be uh, on the other side of the country, or in Australia, or uh, I've had even people in in uh, Islamic uh, countries who have. Listen to this, so you never know. That's great. Uh, so you may be uh, uh, sending some country to many countries. Ha ha ha! I'd like you know. Yeah, well, Australia cool. is very hot on country, and actually, my label is from Australia, so ah. it's funny because they picked me up after listening to Better Late Than Never, and they actually expected me to do a dance album, mm. and it's just very funny. Like you don't understand. I have a country album written, and this is what I want to put out. <laughs> wow. So, like, I'll do mine first, and maybe I'll go back and do yours, but this is where my heart is right now. So it's just funny, and they let me do it, and they did the artwork for it and put it out for me, so I'm pretty pleased. Very nice. Now, I'm going to ask you a question that um, a lot of people get asked. This used to be really big when uh, Tower Records was around. They had their own magazine, and they had a question that was asked of everybody, um, your Desert Island disc. Have you ever been asked that? My Desert Island what? The Desert Island disc question, which is, if you were going to be trapped on a desert island, like with Gilligan and the Skipper 2 and all that, and you could bring, let's say, 10 uh, songs or 10 CDs or 10, 10, you know, just say, it doesn't have to even be 10, but what would be some of the things that you would bring with you? Oh, ten's a lot. I mean, yeah. usually they would ask mean things like one, you know. But no, no, um, we're, we're we're very kind on this particular tour. But uh, you know, now with digital, you could probably we probably could say, oh, come on, ten thousand. But let's just say we're stuck with ten. 
no more than ten. You just bring your iPod. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's see. I would definitely bring Evanescence with me. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, the latest album. Mm-hmm. I would bring Miranda Lambert with me, uh, one of her latest albums. I would bring Fun because um, I really like it. I would bring Pink. I would bring the Funhouse album. Mm-hmm. I would bring um, Dave Matthews' the acoustic album because I go to sleep to that every night. Um, five more, only five more, huh? I have to think about the other five. That's a good amount, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, if one hits you, you know. By the way, before when you were <laughs> talking about Menudo, every time I think of them. I always remember uh, when uh, I, I once saw Dennis Miller doing stand-up at Catch a Rising Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, you can tell, you can tell the uh, age of this joke just by the references in it. So he was talking about Ronald Reagan and saying that you realize that he would have been kicked out of Menudo 73 years ago. <laughs> well, just even mentioning De- Dennis Miller because he was like early Saturday Night Live. So yeah. Yes. Yes, but uh, you know now we think of angry Republican Dennis Miller compared to young Democrat Menudo cracking. But but I digress. <laughs> that's, that's where my brain went when you started mentioning Menudo. Like I can't remember the last time I heard that name. So all those guys must be uh, not thirteen anymore. Well, Ricky's forty, I think. There you go. That's right. That, he was a Menudo. Sure. We forgot yeah. about that. He's at least 40. I remember him when he was a teeny tiny little boy, and I could stare mm. him in, into my eyes. He was my height. <laughs> well, I guess that didn't last. That didn't last. He's older now, isn't he? Very tall. Exactly, yes. Very cool. So let's see. What else do we have from you? I have four songs. What, what, I played two songs. So I have five songs. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I have here. I have okay. Not Thinking About You, Make Room for M- Mama. Oh, we just played that. I have Past Tense Man. I have Lonely oh, you with gotta You. you got to play Past Tense Man. Try that first. It's really fun. Okay. So this is this is a this is a 4-minute song and so we're going to uh chillax. We're going to be chillaxing on this probably not. Past Tense Man. Yes. Okay. So let's get untense with Past Tense Man. <laughs>
All right, past tense, man. Actually, that was not thinking about you. <laughs> I might huh. have reversed the titles. Okay. I, I was like, you know, going to say to you, I was going to say to you, it's really funny because we have a song here called Not Thinking About You, and it's like you have the same theme. But it's actually... No, actually, that's not. That was uh, the reverse. I I did that before when I uploaded a file, and I must have made the mistake when I sent you the files. Oh, no. That is actually um, not thinking about you. Okay. So I just want to make... Like, so now I'm really losing my mind. <laughs> but I bet if you play not thinking about you, it would be past tense, ma'am. Well, we'll are they covered. almost the same length? Because that's 4 minutes and 13 seconds compared to 4 minutes and 30 seconds. What do you think? Yeah, that's definitely correct. Okay, let's let's find out if this is past tense, man, or if all your songs are about not thinking about you. It was just kind of like, oh, she has a theme going on. It's like she's in every song. I'm just not thinking about you. I, I'm not thinking about you in this song. You're past tense. Okay, cross your fingers. And you, if it's not that, just stop me right away, would you? Absolutely. Okay. Here we go. Hopefully, past tense, man. We're good. What? We're good. That was not it? It was. Oh. I thought you said stop it. No, I said we're good. Oh, we're good. Okay, now here we go again. with. <laughs> <laughs> we're living in the past here with past tense, man.
Hey. Hello. Hello. Hey, y'all. What's up? <laughs> How y'all got, doing like, there today? And Southern going on right now. <laughs> That's right. That's right, Ellie Mae. All right. I think the next one you got to do just because is uh, Lonely With You. Lonely With You. You know, it's funny. I I, I uh, sang in a movie many years ago called Two Family House, and one of the songs was called Lonely For You. Ah. So we both got a lonely and a you. Oh no, but the song on. is basically I'd rather be lonely than be lonely with you. Ah, it's a very different perspective. Mhm. Yes. Okay. Well that's the country way. <laughs> now you know what happens when you play a country record backward, don't you? You get your house back, you get your dog back, that you get is your correct. best friend Jack back. <laughs> never <laughs> you never get tired of that joke. Okay. <laughs> Lonely with you. Uh, 
take a minute to tell people about yourself before we go? Sure. Um, well, Southern Comfort is pretty self-explanatory. It's uh, an album compilation of music that I've written mostly on the road, and it's a bit of an ode to Nashville. There's also a song on there called Jersey Girl that I wrote it about the Jersey Shore, one of my favorite places in the world, which is Point Pleasant, and Seaside Heights, which, as mm. you know, unfortunately, mm. you know, thanks to Hurricane Sandy, yeah. are not exactly the way they should be. But uh, I actually got a letter from the governor about last month, and he said he's going to do what he can to push the song over to the tourism board and <laughs> see what we can do to get the shore back up there. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you're more than welcome to use it to um, promote the tourism and hopefully the rebuilding of the Jersey Shore, which I'd so love. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, I mean, I spent a lot of time in that area. My parents in the in the, uh, in the the 80s and 90s had a place they were going to retire to down in the Whiting. And so I often went to that area. To, mm-hmm. So it I really felt it when it was gone, when it, when all that damage happened. It's really, really sad. Yeah. And I've played a few of the bars on there. In fact, I was looking on Facebook, and I actually just got an, uh, a little note from Chris from the Sandbar. So I don't know how the Sandbar is faring, because that was in mm. Riel. But, you know, I hope I hope it'll all be back soon. Belmar was blocked off when we went down there about mm-hmm. a month ago. So I, I don't think that, you know, it'll be ready right now. So we have time, I think, for we have seven minutes left. We have just about time. We probably can do one song. You want well, to, possibly, we got two songs. Two really short ones. <laughs> we got, uh, you could definitely do Jersey Girl because that's short. Okay, and then the other one we have is Happy Acapella. Yeah, they should fit back to back. All right, folks, I'm going to start them right now. I'm going to go back to back here on Blog Talk Radio, and thank you so much for being with me here tonight. My pleasure. Hold on. Jersey Girl.
Camel, we're going to uh, be uh, playing uh, a little bit of uh, Happy Acapella to close out the show. The, the show, will, uh, the live stream is going to end before it finishes. Mm-hmm. So I just so this will be a little glow going out music. And why don't you just give everyone once again your website? My website is my name, www.camalinden.com, K-A-M-A-L-I-N-D-E-N.com. All the CDs can be ordered through the website if you would like the hard copies. And everything is on iTunes, Spotify, and all the downloadable sites. Great. And uh, and if you missed those, those, they're on the show, on the show page, uh, in the show description are the links. So you can go right there and get your albums. You've been great. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. So let's, let's close out now with a little acapella. I took the road less traveled, didn't do what I was told. Spun my wheels, wasted time, was left out in the cold. But I know now I have everything. I think I'll stay for a while, so I took a breath, unpacked my bags, I looked around and smiled. It was the first time that I realized that I was happy. It was the first time I didn't rule about the past. Oh, and for the first time, I didn't second guess. I wonder what would be It was the first time I allowed myself to be free I have angels looking out for me What a wild card I've been thrown I'm completely satisfied Cause I made it on my own Oh, and if you told me years ago I might not have believed I've jumped the highest hurdle Look what I've achieved It was the first time That I realized that I was happy It was the first time I didn't rule about the past Oh, and for the first time I didn't second guess I wonder what would be was the first time I allowed myself to be free.
Breathe. Good night, and thanks for listening. Anybody who is still listening live, we'll see you next week. Good night. Good night.